Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, September 24th. Uh, LA Galaxy lose two to nothing to the uh, Real Salt Lake in Salt Lake. A lot of Galaxy fans were there. We're going to talk about that game. Get you through it, tell you what we saw. Uh, perfectly getting you ready for the Seattle game as well coming up on Sunday. That's a big game. Seattle just took loss, so uh, some interesting storylines headed into that one as well. So uh, some fun stuff there, and then a bunch of Galaxy news to fill in between. We got a lot to talk about to help me do it. Sophie, the Canon Nicolau is back with me. Sophie, how's it going? Doing good, mate. How are you? I am, I am I am. excellent. We are surviving. The baby is screaming somewhere in this house, but my wife said she'd take care of it. She's a saint. I don't deserve her. Other than that, everything's fine. Listen, you're a lucky man. Very lucky man. You fell under a lucky lucky wife star, didn't you, eh? I, I did something, that's for sure. I don't know what it was. In a previous life, I probably saved, uh, saved grasshoppers or something. I don't know. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you surviving quarantine? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. You know, I... You know, uh, I'm enjoying sports being back and, you know, there's a few things going on in the world that I think we could all do without. But other than that, you know, there's food on the table with a roof over my head. So can't complain. All right. Good. We will. Uh, I, I agree with you 100 percent. And uh, so far, so good. I've, I've dodged the Rona so far. Let's see if we can keep that up on this podcast and don't miss any shows. I mean, that's really the big thing. Not me getting the Rona, but but making sure we still have podcasts every every week. So have you had a uh, test? We'll focus- did we talk? You had a test, right? Didn't you have a test? Yeah, I've, no. yeah I've had. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I've, I've so far dodged. My wife came back positive for the antibodies, which we're still waiting for a confirmation test to see if that was real, by the way. Um, but we had no symptoms. Well, there, listen, there are symptoms that we can point to, and it's either because, one, we had the Rona, or two, because I'm out of shape, um, or three, uh, which is more a combination of two is that I eat so much that I'm out of shape. So some of those things could possibly be contributing factors uh, in, in all that. But, you know, we'll get back there eventually. I'm not I'm not too worried. Every time someone mentions the coronavirus, I don't know why, but the, you know, that song, my, 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 yep. Sharona. And I yep. changed the lyric, of course, to my Corona, which is daft, I know. But I just, you know, d- there you go. There's a useless piece of information of the day for everybody. I think I think That's the it. real thing that we've the real thing that we've learned right now on this podcast, and granted, we're only a couple minutes in, is that so, uh, Sophie right now is that you're a better singer than Rolf Felcher, mostly because you didn't try to sing like Michael Jackson. So I think that's a plus. <laughs> no, I uh, you know my singing days are well behind me. You know, yeah. yeah. I'll just no, leave it in the no, shower st- next time. It's still still ahead. No, you can bring that anytime you want. Let's get to some shout outs. We don't do shout outs enough. If you want a shout out on this show. You can say, hey, can I have a shout out? And then nine times out of ten, I forget. So it doesn't happen that often. But we'll, we'll, we'll try anyway. Uh, some shout outs here. Uh, our first one is uh, one of our, uh, our very good listeners. She's been listening for a long time. I know her dad is probably listening as well. Possibly her mom, possibly her sister. But uh, Sarah from South Pasadena has a birthday today. Uh, I believe she turned 21 for the seventh time. So uh, congratulations and happy birthday, Sarah. Uh, we hope you have a, a wonderful, uh, safe uh, birthday. Should so I for sing? Me. Should no, I, I sing Happy Birthday? <laughs> Easy, Rolf. <laughs> Easy, Rolf. Easy, Rolf. I mean, maybe maybe at the end of the show, maybe that's how we close it out. Sure, sure. Um, our, the, 
the the other the other shout out's a funny one. Um, little shout out to Gavin from the UK. He's a Newcastle United supporter and an LA Galaxy supporter. He's big into this. Listens to the show all the time. Poor Gavin messaged me on Facebook, and I did not see this message for approximately one year and four months or something like that. I just I don't message me on the corner of the Galaxy Facebook page. I I for whatever it, it will show a request. And then you have to like go to the request in order to get it, and I missed it forever. So Gavin, who by the way, whenever I messaged back to, and apologized, answered me back like within the next couple hours, was was super excited that that we that I was able to connect with him. And so Gavin says that he's a big LA Galaxy fan. He's a Newcastle United supporter, so maybe he's keeping an eye on on DeAndre Yedlin and whether or not he's going to be coming over to uh, to the LA Galaxy. But uh, but just wanted to say shout out to Gavin uh, in the UK. I mean, from you know closer oh, to your on, neck of the woods there, Sophie. Well, Newcastle is a little far, farther out of London. It's more close, closer to Scotland. But yes, I hear oh, what you're yes. saying. So if if Larry's not on Twitter, Josh is not on Facebook. This Josh, is a Josh new is hashtag. On, <laughs> yeah, Josh is not on Facebook. Uh, Facebook Messenger, that's for sure. Uh, we'll start this uh, this show off with a little little note from Julian Gressel. Julian Gressel is a former Atlanta United player, uh, now playing for DC United. Traded one United for another United. Uh, Julian came up with this uh, wonderful tweet, and uh, I think it all just sort of sets up what we're about to do for the next month and a half. Uh, Julian says, just realize that the first half of MLS season took almost seven months. And now the second half will be played in about one and a half months. <laughs> so there we go. Just putting it all in perspective. Um, and we'll so see. We'll, <laughs> it's it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough, rough, rough road um, oh, for boy. the galaxy, for us trying to cover it. I mean, there's a game every four days. So you, you're, you're watching, I'm writing, Larry's writing, we're on conference calls with the LA galaxy for media, uh, like three times a week right now. Um, mm. They had, they had 13 games played last night. It's the most games ever played midweek. I think most games ever played all on the same day for Major League Soccer because they got the new teams. So there's 26 teams played on Wednesday night. The LA Galaxy were one of those, obviously. You guys watched that. Uh, the 2 nothing loss, not something uh, everybody's real excited about. But nonetheless, there's a lot of games. There's a lot of soccer. You can't be sad about the amount of soccer, even if you did pay, like me, that five ninety nine or four ninety nine to get peacocks. That way you can watch all the EPL games. I mean, I, I did it. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I did I'm it. A, I did it too. Yeah, and and we complained, but at the same time, I do like watching all the games on there, and so I'm not really complaining that much. I just wish they would put all the games on Peacock and not just keep trying to move these other games onto NBC Sports Network. And it's just let me put them all in one place and let me watch them all in one place. That way I can choose. You know, Does I'm that a, make sense? I'm a bit I'm a bit bummed they put my Dan Patrick on um, Peacock. Because I was enjoying him on YouTube, and, and when I do my thirty good soccer seconds on Dan's show now, I don't, I don't know how. Maybe you and John, the technical gurus of this show, can help me figure out how I can actually record it. Because that's the one thing that we can't do anymore. Is uh, and when he was on, because he's not on the NBCSN channel, so it's a bit problematic for me. But other than that, I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're happy. You spent your five bucks. I mean, we do that every day at Starbucks. It's only right. five bucks a month. Did you do it with or without right. the commercials? Uh, with without? I think I did it without. I don't know. I did. I just know I'm spending five bucks a month. That's what, it. Was the premium? It was the premium access. So I don't think I get get a lot of commercials. Maybe there's like Luxury one commercial. Josh. Luxury yes, there, Josh. That's right. Just living the bourgeois life over here. Um, all right. RSL versus LA Galaxy. Uh, this is a game that the LA Galaxy really did put out a first team lineup for midweek. You wondered if there would be squad rotation. I would argue that there was zero squad rotation 
Uh, and I would argue this, uh, and the reason I say that is that uh, the, the three players that sort of came in, um, or four players that came in, only one of those was an actual rotation. The rest were either returning to the starting lineup or in because of injury or suspension. So Rolf Felcher came in place of the suspended Julian Araujo. Uh, you had Emil Cuello come in on the left wing, uh, and that sort of took over the the Efrain or the Julian spot that they've they sort of been playing, and then they switched him with Pavone. So to me, again, that's probably the only rotation that actually happened. Jonathan Dos Santos returned to the starting lineup uh, for the first time in a long time, and then Chicharito started uh, this game as well. And uh, if you're keeping track, the last time all three designated players actually started the game was March 7th. That was the Vancouver game, which uh, eventually had a red card in it, and the LA Galaxy lost one to nothing. And that was the last regular game that we had uh, before the global pandemic struck and uh, and everything stopped. So that's how far back it goes to get three designated players all on the field at the same wow. time for the LA Galaxy and uh, I guess if you're looking at the final score there, Sophie, it wasn't exactly like they had a huge impact on this game, huh? No. Where do we begin? Tell me where you want to begin because there's so much that um, I, I, I took from that game. And I think the first thing was how much does this team already miss a young player like Araujo? The, the, him, him not being in the side, they lost that pace on the flank. Um, granted, I think we all agree that his finesse and his last touch and sometimes his passing and his decision-making is young. He's going to get better at that. But the energy that that kid infuses into this team, um, and obviously the way he the way he tracks back as well, I just think that already, Josh, and I don't know if you agree with me, to me it was the first thing that popped into my head, even in the first half where I don't know if you and I were watching the same game because you felt like JDS was engaged and he was having a good mm -hmm. game. I mm -hmm. thought there were some chances, yes, and they were definitely the better team than RSL. There's no doubt about that. But for me, I think the first impression was, wow, they miss him already. And that red card is more significant now than ever. That was the first yeah. thing. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, yeah, if, if you look at this lineup, to me, the, the big issues here are that uh, you look at the side that Pavone basically was on for most of the night, and I actually expected him to switch. I expected Pavone to go to the left and Cuello to come to the right, and it just sort of all settled out. But Pavone really did spend a large portion of that first half on the right-hand side, um, and that causes problems because Pavone, as wonderful as he is, and I think that if he starts scoring again and he gets a little bit, uh, he, he really needs a break. He's played every minute of every game so far. Um, but the, the the guys out there just trying really hard and he's getting double teamed and there's a whole bunch of stuff there. I'm not saying he's had a great last couple of games. He hasn't. Um, but he bottom line is he's... He could have had two goals in that game. could have had two goals. He could have, and and if you go back to you know even the San Jose game, or you go back to the Colorado game, there's 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 chances there as well that he did not capitalize on. So there's there's been some slippage there from him. But at the same point, he's still the best player on the field for me, Sophie. It's it's one of those guys where you have to have him out there. Yeah. By far. Um, I mean, I think I think where he's at right now is that the team has been so lackluster in the last three games. Pavon's that type of player that has decided to put the team on his shoulders. Number one, I think he's done that since Zlatan left. Um, mm -hmm. Number two, he realizes that Chicharito is nowhere near where he has to be. He's not right. in the positions for a player like Pavon to make those passes. And Pavon then feels like he's got to do it all. And I think that was really glaring in the game against RSL. He tried to do too much, but at the same time, he hit the crossbar. That, that, um, that curling shot was a hair's breadth away from going in the net. 
And Cuello, for me, I don't know if I'm being hard on the kid and the chat room might agree or disagree, but that he offers nothing. No. I mean, I don't know if it's just that game, but I just don't see it. And I know he's young too, but I, I just, I just, I just don't see. I don't fancy him as a player. I really don't. I met, and he hasn't played a lot for me to kind of maybe be that harsh on him, Josh. But he offered nothing in that game. So Pavon had no support, and and also JDS looked sluggish. He he ran out of steam after the first half. When Joe Corona came on, I felt like the energy went up. And I'm not right. saying that Zubak is better than Chicharito because we all know that Chicharito was a very talented player but he's not the same player now. But when Corona and Zubak came on, the energy just went into, into fourth to fifth gear. Right. Right. And I think, I think it changed and that, that substitute, those substitutions probably should have happened a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it and, and we can go sort of, you know, there's, there's this balance that GBS has, has to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have, you have to sit there and you have to say, okay, you need them to get game fit. And the only way they're going to get game fit is to play in it. But both of those guys doubled there are minutes. So the longest outing either of them have had since they came back from injury and JDS had a little bit longer buildup than, than uh, Chicharito did um, was 36 minutes. And that was the game before they played 36 minutes. You had Jonathan Dos Santos play 72 minutes and Chicharito play 80 minutes. And it was at altitude. Um, for me, I'm in agreement with you. I think you make those subs a little bit earlier because it's at altitude. Uh, the, the big story about this, and we'll go back to, to sort of why I said, you know, the first half for me was okay. So if I thought they were the aggressor, I thought Jonathan Dos Santos with all this, all the running he did with all of the stops that he made. And he made a bunch of sliding stops in the first half that I was like, okay, good. I like to see him involved like that. That means he has energy. That means he's flowing. The couple of times Chicharito touched the ball. I liked how it looked. Right. It wasn't there. One good you're pass. Not, you're, he had one yeah. good pass. Well, I mean, how many touches does he get the whole game? I mean, is it more than well, he, five? It can't be. He's too slow. He, he's Josh. I'm sorry to interrupt. The dude is too slow. If you look at his form when he was in Europe, he's not the same player. He's definitely one of those players that is maybe regressing sooner than he right. should be. And he still looks unfit. And I'm not he being does. cruel by saying this, but. He's carrying a little extra poundage, and he needs to get rid of that a little bit. Well, that, in, I, in my my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, I, I think that goes away eventually. I mean, it, it will. He's going to be playing. When? He's this 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 it, it, as he's running right now. He's going to play in this next game against Seattle. There's no breaks. These guys don't get to take any more time off. So there is no real training going on anymore. I don't know if everybody knows that. There's no training. There's there's nothing's going on. They may walk through stuff. Like they may no, but, they may what? jog jog around on the pitch, but really the weight stuff and all of the the fitness stuff that's not really happening there's not enough time in between games to recover for that there's regen work and that's way different than laying fitness right now it's um, his job it's his job to get fit and he looks right. the same as he did when he was in Orlando so you know there are players that when even during this this time period no matter where you're playing in whatever league that are working their arms off behind the scene to get fit and stay lean. And, uh, and, and Chicharito, to me, just looks so sluggish still. I know he's coming back from an injury, but JDS, I felt, the difference between the two is, I think Jonathan looks like a player who's just finding his way back from an injury that is very mm -hmm. tricky to deal with, right? And right. I think, you know, we all trust that he's going to come good and he's going to be fine. 
Chicharito, I'm just a little bit worried. I think it's gotten to this point in this game where LA Galaxy fans have every right to ask the question, is this going to work out? I think it, it's, it's way too soon for that. I mean, look at look. Let's let's go over what you've seen from from Chicharito so far. He got to play mm-hmm. in two games, and then the season stopped. Right, so two real games to start the season, and then it stopped, and it, everybody was off for a while. Then the tournament comes back. He plays in one game, um, and then he doesn't get to play in the LAFC game, and he's out. And now he's injured again. So that he had three games that basically spanned what five months or six months. Um, in in sort of that that whole start stop and then start again and then get injured and then come back. So now you've seen him come back in the last couple of games. What is this? His second game back? Third game back? I think this was his third game back against RSL. So this guy's had three preseasons. I mean, that to me is already and and I there is let's talk real quick about what we see from LA Galaxy fans regarding Chicharito and and or at least what I see and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. There are mm-hmm. the people who hate him regardless doesn't matter what he does. There are the people who love him regardless. doesn't matter what he does. And then there's probably people who are more analytical. Um, I know there's some people. I've seen them. They're, I think they're more reasonable than everybody else. I think you're, you're one of those people. You're looking at what you're seeing. Uh, you, I don't have any preconceived notions about him, and I don't care what he did in... Um, in Europe or anything else, it's what he's going to do with the LA Galaxy, and everybody sort of gets a fresh start whenever you come here. Let's see what you're going to do. How are you going to perform? It's like Steven Gerrard was one of the best players ever in the history of, of, of soccer. He was fun to watch. He was an amazing person, just an amazing competitor. He comes to the LA Galaxy, and he did you know nothing. Uh, that's, that's how I know Steven Gerrard is the guy who came to the LA Galaxy and did nothing. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm not going to talk about what he didn't, but for the LA Galaxy, he was a bust. Absolutely easy bust. Not even hard to talk about. So with Chicharito, when we look at him, I'm, I'm looking again at what he's, what he's doing for the LA Galaxy right now. For me, I haven't seen him be involved with the LA Galaxy enough to have a super opinion. I'll tell you, I don't like the way it's trending. I agree with you. I don't think he's fit. But with the starts and stops mm-hmm. that we've seen from this season so far and with him coming into a new team, I don't think I'm in a position right now to say it's, you know, this is this is worrying. It's it's not a great position. You would hope that he'd be scoring a whole bunch of goals um, and that he'd be finding good spots. And the fact is, I have a difficult time, Sophie. Maybe you can maybe you can what what you see. Um, you can tell me what you see. But I look at Chicharito and I say, is he not getting touches because he's not in the right position? Or the LA Galaxy not getting him the touches in the right position? And I don't know, have the answer to that yet. Let me ask you, let me reverse ask that question, right? And by yeah. the way, I literally had that conversation with Larry, I think it was last night, about Gerard. I wrote to him right. and I said, this is going to end up being another Gerard situation. And let me, let me reverse that question because the unbeaten run, how many games did Chicharito play in during the unbeaten run? I don't think he played in any because Ta-da! he has not because everybody has said because um, everybody has said that um, and people I think are making more of this than than maybe I, I'm going to make of it is that Chicharito hasn't been involved with a win with the LA Galaxy yet this time. Um, I'll say this that in the games that he's played and come on as a sub they were already sucking before he came in and so he didn't change anything that which you would expect. That, to well, hold on my yeah. question was yeah. how many games did he play in during right. the win streak? The answer right. was zero. zero. He never started right. any of those games, right? Right, right. He didn't play in Since any of those games. He didn't play in any of, the, in, in, in any of those games. The Correct. last three games, how many yep. games 
has Chicharito started? One. And he played in the two others. He did, didn't he play? He came on as a sub to try and affect yeah, the he game, did twice, he not? Right? I think he came in the, came as, in as a sub twice, and then he started one game. And what did he do? Nothing. Very little. Okay, yeah. so I don't think I'm being too harsh in that, yes, I understand he's come back from injury. There are a lot of players who went to Orlando. There are a lot of players who are dealing with COVID. There are a lot of players who've been dealing with injuries. This guy's on a DP salary. He's getting paid a lot of money. And right. the euphoria when he signed, I couldn't believe my ears where I was hearing like people say, this is the biggest signing in MLS history. I laughed my yeah. ass off when I heard that. No. Because yeah. it's just not, you know, Beckham is the biggest signing in MLS history. And then Zlatan has turned out to be the most um, probably exciting, but also more important than the Chicharito signing. And so when you, as a player, it looked like the players so Leggett was lost in that game yesterday. I think I wrote to you and I said I was I filed a missing player report because I didn't even yes. realize that the dude was playing. There's right. a shift. I don't they're trying to force it, right? They're trying to yes. force something that isn't working right now. Right. And you know, and to 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 add to that, I thought Efra deserved to start that game. I thought that he'd been playing well in the even though the results hadn't gone so well. So I think GBS is a little bit responsible for what's happening right now. But Chicharito could end up being, and I'll tell you this, Josh, you can rewind it to this point. He could end up being one of the biggest busts ever in Absolutely. MLS. Absolutely. It, you know who else you know who else could have been one of the biggest busts ever in MLS history? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan. Zlatan could have been a bust. He was coming off dude, an injury. Have you seen what he's doing? Have you seen oh, what he's doing in Milan? Please, please. I've, I've watched him. I'm a believer. But the bottom line is that he could have been a huge bust because you're getting a guy who's coming off an injury that was ridiculous. You didn't know what you were getting, but they went out and they gambled and they got him and he performed like nobody's ever performed. It's, yeah, but it's you were getting a guy who works out, who takes yeah. it, who, who looks after his body. Right. right? He's Absolutely. a supreme athlete. I think it's different, a little bit different. Understood. No, it, it is different, but at the same time, anytime you sign any of these players, right, there's a chance they're going to be huge busts, even with Chicharito. You can say, you can look at Chicharito and you can say, you know, from your experience watching him, that he wasn't a good signing and the LA Galaxy shouldn't have gone after him, right? One, you could be absolutely right and it pans out and you're, you're a genius and that's, that's how it is. The other part about that is that Chicharito could come in here and he could be a great player in Major League Soccer and he could score a ton of goals because, quite honestly, he has the technical ability to be able to compete in this league. We know that. Um, he, he knows, we know he knows how to play. It's whether or not he can fit him in. And, and to go back to your point about, you know, what sort of effect he had on the games where they were playing poorly. You go to the San Jose game um, where they played poorly. They had chances. In fact, the San Jose game was the one game out of these last three that they had chances, good chances, and they didn't fall Agreed. for whatever reason. Okay, so that was Agreed. fine. But but Zubak was in there, and there were chances, and he missed those. And then Chicharito came in, and really by that time, that game had played itself out. That was that was a dead game by the time Chicharito came into it. So it was like, okay, not a big deal. You'll push that off. Look at the next game against Colorado. Um, you had an LA Galaxy team that didn't create a lot of chances against Colorado, and Colorado did well with the chances that they were given, which is what you expect of a team. There's Colorado played very well in that game. Uh, the Galaxy did not. But again, you look at the chances that they tried to create with Zubak in there, right? And there wasn't a lot there. There weren't a lot of chances created. So when Chicharito came in, was there any change? No, there wasn't. There still wasn't any chances being created. So this is where I'm sort of sitting there going, saying, okay, so if Chicharito 
Chicharito's not the problem on either of those two games because the Galaxy lacked creating chances and they're not creating chances. You go to this RSL game. Where were the chances? I asked, you, you were on the conference call. I asked GBS. I asked him if he was satisfied with the chances they created. And he went through and tried to explain like the four chances that they had. And I'm sitting there going, the game is 90 minutes long. You should but they're probably playing away be, from home. They are, but they hadn't lost at home all year. That was their first loss, or they, that, they, they haven't lost on the road all year. That was their first loss, loss on the road. So they had been playing good, tight soccer. We could go to David Bingham, who I think bears a lot of responsibility for this game. Um, and we can say, you can, you can say, hey, he tried to make a play and it didn't happen. But that game's 0-0 at that point. He had just made two or three good saves. He made two saves, right? And then that ball gets played through on Miram and... We both yeah, talked what, to David Bingham. What did Dan, what did Daniel say though? What did Steris yeah, well, he, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- Dan says he goes, We got two spread out, right? And mm-hmm. they were able to basically break us down. If that that's paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said, right? He goes, That was our Complete fault too. You know, we should Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I and I agree with that. I saw it, no problems. Um, but at the same time, Miram's getting played into a spot that isn't exactly the most dangerous in the world. It's it's wide right of the post. He's inside the box already. It's a tougher shot for him to do. David bailed him out. And if you listen to Bingham talk about how he was just inches away, I'm like, wow, you know, I should go back and look at that replay because David says, man, I was just inches away. I almost got the ball. And I'm like, I'm going to go watch that replay and see how close it is because apparently it was like really close. It yeah. was really close I mean, after the first touch, Sophie. It wasn't really close was, on the initial ball in. It was after Miram had already touched the ball. He he made a huge mistake. And I, I, I tell you this, and anyone who's in chat or listening or, or will listen to this on replay, what I like about David is that he came and he faced the media. It's not an easy thing to do as a goalkeeper because, like, I asked him the question, didn't I? And his response was quite phenomenal. That quote was just unbelievable. And he brought Bruce Arena into it. And, right. you know, Bruce's advice about, you know, you just, you, you, you have to overcome adversity and how you overcome adversity. And then he went into saying, I don't care um, what fans think or X think because no one's ever played the position and you don't understand unless you've played the position. And I'm, you can kind of, you know, maybe uh, elaborate on it a little bit, Josh, but the fact that he did come out and he faced us, I thought that was, it, it, you know, admirable. But it's his job. He should. And I'm glad that he did yes. come out and say that. But he made a huge mistake at that point in the game. That challenge was amateur. It was Sunday pub league type stuff. It it wasn't necessary. The defenders were making, they were tracking back at that point. So when he made that challenge, um, I think, uh, I, who I can't remember who was a little bit a little bit ahead at that point. It was yeah. a terrible, terrible challenge. And yeah. everybody's head went down. And this is why I asked Dan that question. I said, when you, when he gave away the penalty, it seemed like you guys kind of gave up after. And how does this team overcome adversity? And that's the biggest challenge because you've got to be able to do that, especially at this point in the season. But yes, yeah. I completely agree with you. It was a horrific mistake. But at the same time, the defense didn't do their jobs. They put their goalkeeper in a tough position. And in a blink of an eye, he made a terrible decision that cost his team. And, and what have we been learning from what the Galaxy had said, the Galaxy defense, particularly Stairs, because he's been the captain, uh, whenever he's been talking after the games, whenever he talked after San Jose and after uh, Colorado, is that, you know, he's, he came out and said, we can't emergency defend for 37 minutes, 45 minutes of a half. He goes, we can't do it. So we need to control the ball better. And what you're not seeing are guys like 
Um, well, quite honestly, in this game, Jonathan Dos Santos, um, Perry Kitchen, guys like Sebastian Legette, where are those guys in terms of controlling that midfield? It hasn't been done in the last three games, and you're seeing that they're not creating chances from it. The LA Galaxy, when I went to bed last night, this is a fun, funny story, so uh, when, when I went to bed last night, I checked, on this, I checked on the stats because I was writing and I had to publish my recap. You can go read my thousand-word recap, and I always type too long. Larry yells at me. Um, but I was looking at the stats and the LA Galaxy had two shots on goal. Okay, two shots on goal. That was it. Two shots on goal. I woke up this morning Terrible. to check the stats again because I was looking at something and they got one shot on goal. They took a shot away from them. I know what shot it was too. Do you know who the only player on the field to get a shot on goal was for the LA Galaxy? Last hmm, night? Thinking. Probably, a yep, last night. Probably a defender. It was a defender. It was a defender. Which defender, if you had to guess? Was it Rolf? It was Rolf Felcher. That was amazing. I thought for sure I would stump you on that. Yeah, Rolf Felcher had the only shot on goal for the LA Galaxy last night. You can't sit there, and GBS can't sit there and say, we created chances. Yes, Pavone hit it off the post. Yes, Sebastian Legesse missed the full volley in the first half that he should have scored easily. Um... Let's see, who else missed a shot? There was one. Oh, oh, the best chance of the night. You want to talk about this? Chicharito almost got to shut everybody up. And if it wasn't for Sebastian Legette trying to do something stupid, um, the LA Galaxy would have yeah. scored a goal in that game, right? And that was that one in the 80th minute or right around the 80th minute where Legette tried to like bring it down and around his body when Chicharito was running into space. That was the one time all night Chicharito got in the right position at the right time. Jonathan Dos Santos hit him at the right time. All of the stuff happened in exactly the way it was supposed to be. And Sebastian Legette got in there and tried to do something that he shouldn't have done. Not only should he not have done it, he shouldn't have been there in the first place because he was making the same run that Chicharito run. If you watch that back, they literally mirror each other the whole way in. And you sit there and go, what's, how is this possible for this team to do this? Um, because they don't trust the- him yet. I don't think they trust him. I don't think they trust him to be in the right position. He's too slow. He's slowing. He's a goal poacher. Chicharito has built a career a on being a goal yes. poacher. Absolutely. And so right now. Ex- right. Sorry, go on. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was going to say right now he's not. it's so important for him because that's his game. And right now he's unable to be in those positions. The game's moving too fast for him. And just think about how slow they were playing last night, you know, and, and it was, and and I said at the beginning of the show, it didn't speed up until Corona came in and he started being a little bit more aggressive offensively. The movement was much more fluid. And, and so that's the problem. And I think you can't, you can't, I think Legette did try to do the right thing because, let's be fair, on that winning streak, his movement, um, his aggressive right. play going from the middle and you know up um, up front, I think that that was really game changing in all of those games. His energy, I mean, look at his his uh, goal scoring record in those games too. So I can't, yep. I'm not going to give him a hard time for trying to be um, offensive and aggressive. And I think that's the issue right now. Is like Chicharito can't keep up. They're trying to placate him, and it's causing problems. How? But okay, again, how are they trying to placate him? The the guy literally was a sub for two games in which the Galaxy sucked for seventy minutes. Got in, we're talking about zero this chances. Game. Yeah, this yeah, game. I know, but like, but so, but we're looking at that, right? The LA Galaxy were sucking before Chicharito was a major part of this. Um, in the San Jose game, they created chances. That was the, their best chance. In the Colorado game, they created no chances. All those passes that we saw when they were in the winning streak, which was cut back to the top of the box, on the ground. Balls played on the ground in dangerous positions. Go back and watch the, the RSL game. 
there are no dangerous balls played on the ground into the box. Zero. And if all the crosses came in over top of people's heads again, it's like when Chicharito comes in, they want to cross over top of his head. There's a problem right now in chance creation for me. Um, and it's, it's, again, I don't know if the answer is that Chicharito's not being in the right spots or if the Galaxy suddenly are not playing the same way. They're, I'll tell you right now, they're not playing the same way that they were during that winning streak. Um, not they, even they close. They can't. Why? But they can't with him up front. They, wait, wait. Zubak is, is not better than Chicharito. No, but Zubak... Zubak um, has a different, a di- I'm not, look, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just talking about stylistically what was working in those in those games where they went on that winning streak. He's able to hold the ball up. He's got a different type yes. of energy, okay? And aerially, he is a bigger threat right now yes. than Chicharito is. is. Yes. So you take away all of those assets that were working um, in the winning streak, and now you're having to you know, adjust tactically to help Chicharito because of the way he is playing based on what he's capable of doing right now. And I think it's causing problems in the team creatively. but just in the RSL game, because you can't put that on him in the in the other two games. Right. No, we're just talking about we're just talking about the RSL game right now. Okay, so so in that case, if that's again, and by the way, before this, you're right about Zubak because I said, hey, when Chicharito comes in, there's going to be it's going to be a different. Uh, by the way, not that you need my validation. I'm just saying I also said this on a podcast earlier, which was that Zubak uh, has a different skill set. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily speed, and it's certainly not physicality because that dude gets bounced around like a little rag doll out there. Um, but it is about a different. He does hold the ball up and he allows people to play off. Yes. Uh, Kyle, Kyle in the chat room said something that's very right. He goes, you know, all, all the goals scored in that in those times are counterattacks, right? And it's about being quick on the counterattack. The other thing that you saw from Colorado and certainly from Real Salt Lake is that they sat back and they didn't allow the LA Galaxy to counterattack. I think that's a big part of this as well, is that people quickly figured out that the LA Galaxy are going to counterattack, and the Galaxy are going to be better against teams that like to hold possession and like to attack and throw numbers forward. You didn't get that from RSL, and you didn't get that from Colorado, both very metered teams in terms Mm. of their approach and how they want to do it, right? And so... Mm. Um, there hasn't been the space. Guillermo also talks about this, and you sort of have to translate this for Guillermo. He says, when you're losing, the spaces become smaller, right? And I was like, wait, how, how, how does that work? I'm like, okay, I get what he's saying now. Basically is that teams don't have to press forward as much, right? Correct. So there's not as much space in behind, and that's what he's talking about. In behind, there's not as much space, so the spaces get smaller. He's right. That's what we're seeing right now that teams have adjusted to do. And if you double Pavone and you don't let him beat you, um, and granted, he could have beat RSL on a couple pa- a couple different shots uh, last night. Um, then they're not getting those late runs. They're not able to counterattack. There's a whole bunch of things that are wrong that are not working and that weren't working before Chicharito started against RSL. But he certainly didn't add anything. And I think in my recap, I said that, you know, if you wanted to talk about guys who came back and started, you could talk about Jonathan Dos Santos, who I thought had a good first half, but certainly faded into the second half. And that was a problem for the LA Galaxy. And if you want to talk about Chicharito, well, there's less to say about him than there is about Jonathan Dos Santos, who had a good first half. I thought there were a good couple touches. Josh, isn't the point, though, that, okay, the the win streak was great. Last three three games haven't been great. But the mm-hmm. point is, is that a play like Chicharito comes in and makes a difference. And yes, that's just, that's what isn't happening. So right. I think Galaxy fans who are critical of him have every right 
to yes. be critical and question because here's the, it's his job to make a difference. And right now he's not doing that. And here's the problem. Here's the only problem that I have with that is that if they were, hey, let's watch Chicharito and see how he does type of people, then I would be like, yes, you're being you're being honest right now. It's not going well and it's not looking good. The problem is, again, that I feel like that everybody fits into either one of two camps, even though there's three camps, is that I've always hated him and he's always going to be a bust before he even touched the ball, right? Or I always love him and I'll always love him um, for stuff. It's um, I was talking to, to a friend of mine who is very much the center of the road type of thing and has the same sort of view of me, which is, what are you doing for the galaxy? What have you done for the LA Galaxy? That's the only thing that matters right now. You need to come in and make a difference. You're getting... How much you're being paid absolutely affects how what how you're rated, right? And if you're going to be rated, mm-hmm. if you're making five something million dollars a year plus bonuses that could take you up to seven, which by the way he's probably not making this year because of the coronavirus and everybody took a pay cut in order to do that um, this this year to play. Um, if you're looking at that, then then yeah, Chicharito's not making a difference. Um, I don't know if it's panic mode yet though. I just think that you would expect that in the next couple of games with him starting consistently, that you're starting to see him get more and more involved. We didn't see it at the beginning of the season. We didn't see it in these last couple of games. So I'm okay with saying that he's in a bad position right now, we've, but we've seen nothing. There's been nothing we've seen. There's been a couple of moments, but that's it. Right. It's like Meza Ozil for Arsenal. He's earning 350 grand a week at 350 grand a week. Dude, you better be good. He can't even get into the Carabao Cup team right now, right? Ooh, and that's not and fun. and I tell you, I will you can bake me a really delicious humble pie, right, right. at the end of the season. Right. And if and I you can play all this back and I will eat slice by slice that humble pie. Um, right. I've had to do it before. I'm more than happy to do it again. I'm not sure if I've done it on this show. I've definitely done it before. Um okay, so yes. right? So humble pie, right. rewind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why I sit. This is why I sit on the fence more because then, then I don't have to eat humble pie and I can just sort of sit there and I will just. No, it's the same way I've always approached things. Is is that um, outside of me predicting that uh, Charlie Rugg was going to be Rookie of the Year? And if you don't remember who Charlie Rugg is, well, you haven't been listening to this podcast very much. He gets mentioned about oh every seven podcasts or so. Um, uh, you know, outside of of that, I, I really do try to take it step by step. I'll tell you right now that. As, as Kevin says, I have a man crush on Julian Araujo right now, and he's absolutely correct because what I'm seeing from this kid is nothing short of amazing, and you're right. This is what was missing. Um, I'm just missing a lot from this LA Galaxy team. I think the, we asked this question on the podcast. I don't know if you were on that podcast or not. Is, is you know, will the real LA Galaxy team please stand up, right? It was one of those. It's like, stand. T- who are you? We, we don't know because we saw you in the tournament, and you sucked. And then all of a sudden you go on a six game unbeaten streak, which was a four game winning streak. Um, and you were, you know, masters of the universe and everything was great. And then all of a sudden uh, you suck again. So what, which team is this? And are you that easily figured out that teams have already adjusted? Sophie, I'll, I'll go to you being you have your hand raised. <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes. And for everyone in chat, next mm-hmm. game, if you had mm-hmm. your druthers, and you and and you could pick what was who who is it more important to start that game Araujo mm-hmm. or Chicharito? What would mm-hmm. your answer be? Oh, right now it's Araujo. I mean, I, to me, I think he's been the best outside of Pavone. He's been the best pl- player on the field. He's been more consistent than Pavone, which is interesting. Kid's nineteen years old. Again, uh, we do have some news about him as well. But I mean, the real answer, though, Sophie, or the real question to me is. You're playing a game on, against Seattle. So does Chicharito start or do you start Zubac? 
That's not okay. A, you shouldn't uh, be gonna, think, you shouldn't be thinking about. It shouldn't it shouldn't even be a question. It, it absolutely shouldn't be a question because we all know that you know in, in a fit, leaner, um, you know, get minutes played competitively, Chicharito is miles class above Zubac, but in right. this team with mm-hmm. this group of players, the way they had been playing, right, I would start Zubac. I know people think I'm crazy when I say I that. I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy when you say that. Yes. Yes. I, I but, Listen, it's, it's and nothing. And to I, me, Araujo, this shows you this kid is so talented. He's so important to this. And I said it again at the beginning of the show. They missed did. him. If that kid plays in that game in the first half, um, it, it, that first half, you said they played well. If he was they playing did. in that game, it would have been a totally different story. Yes. He's a difference maker right now. And he's a difference maker more than one of the most expensive players on the team. I'm not saying uh, Zubak is a great player. I'm just saying right. for now, based on Chicharito coming back from injury and not playing the way he should, I would love to see that. But playing the Seattle Sounders is obviously a completely different kettle of fish than it is playing RSL. Um, yes. And that game, that game could get ugly. It's Chicharito. You have to listen. Even if you think that he's going to be a bust, you have to start Chicharito. There, there's the reason is that you have to try to hope that you get something out of him. You can't just. I remember way back in the day, Robbie Keane was getting a little bit older. Steven Gerrard was on the team, and at one point, and this was a correct statement. I still believe in in this at this time that it was better to have Robbie Keane and Steven Gerrard on the bench than it was to have him on the field. It was a certain moment in time where that was correct. So what's the difference? What's the difference then? The difference, I mean, obviously. You, He's got to play. He's got to get fit, right? How's he going to get right. fit if he doesn't play? Right. I get that. That's that's it. That's that's the that's the only argument. About that. right. No, no, that's but, the only argument. So you have to let him play him and try to play into fitness. You well, have play to. him, play him in the second half for like you know thirty minutes. That that doesn't get it done. That doesn't give you that doesn't give you the game fitness that you need. These guys need to play 70, 80 minutes. He needs to play eighty or ninety minutes against Seattle. That's tough to do in four days rest, but he needs to. Get the hammer to organize a little game for him at the park, bring in some of the uh, (laughs) cog listeners, and get him match fit. There you go. That's how to do it. Uh, Let's move on a little bit, uh, just because, well, mostly because Sophie and I could keep this going for another 45 (laughs) minutes, and and my wife wouldn't appreciate that. So uh, we're going to continue on. Let's get to some LA Galaxy news, because there there is some significant news um, on the front, on the international front, that is important to pay attention to. Uh, let's start with Efrain Alvarez and Julian Araujo. Guess what? Uh, Tata Martino, now in charge of the Mexican national team, talked to both of them recently, uh, and he's trying to uh, to 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 marshal them onto the Mexican national team. Efrain Alvarez has been playing with the youth na- uh, the youth uh, Mexican national teams, uh, so he's already been in their system. But Julian Araujo has been playing with the United States international teams, youth teams. Um, Julian Araujo was called up by Greg Berhalter in the January camp, but didn't get to play. He's used that as a chip on his shoulder. He said as much that because he didn't get to play in front of his friends and family or the United States, which all Berhalter had to do was throw him out there for 10 minutes and everybody would have been happy. Um, I would say that Julian Araujo is a kid who is ripe for turning over to the Mexican national team. And some people say, well, you know, Berhalter's just making him earn a spot. Listen, play the kid. It's his hometown. He had like 120 people in the stands coming for that game. And you didn't play the kid? That's That boggles the mind to me. And one, it's good for the LA Galaxy because he has been on fire because of that quote-unquote snub since then. 
Um, and it's the, one of the reasons he's developed since then. So that's good for the Galaxy. But if you're a U.S. men's national team player, that's not great because I think he feels like he got he got disrespected a little bit, which is great fuel and great fire. But it doesn't work well if you're trying to get him on the team. So anyway, uh, the bottom line is Tata Martino keeping an eye on Efrain Alvarez, keeping an eye on Julian Araujo. Um, he said, uh, he said of Araujo, he said he's doing really well. I spoke to him around 20 ga- days ago and told him that I want him to be part of the Mexican national team, uh, family plus family and his agent, of course, will decide. So, uh, Greg Berhalter balls in your court if you're looking for that. But bottom line is Julian Araujo will be a national team player for one of these teams. Uh, and I think bottom line for Julian Rajo is that uh, Europe will be calling sooner rather than later. Uh, I think Germany mm-hmm. is probably his his preferred stopover. But uh, that's the interesting news around Efrain Alvarez and Julian Rajo. What do you, what do you think, Sophie? Uh, so you think Julian stays uh, with the U.S. men's national team or does he go over to uh, to Mexico? I think the U.S. men's national team is on the cusp of kind of. You know, maybe I'm not saying getting back to where it was in the Dempsey Donovan. You know. Uh, days, but there's definitely a crop of players that are hugely talented, and most of them play in Germany, right? Yes. I can I can see him going to Germany. I can see a team in Bundesliga picking him up, and I think eventually he'll play for the US. I do. I uh, I think Berhalter is he's a kind of a weird coach, isn't he? He go, he blows hot and cold on players, but he's come under huge fire and a massive criticism. But at the same time, I think he's navigated these younger players really well. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I see him maybe having to move to Europe in order to escalate his international career. But yeah. for LA Galaxy, that would be bad news. Really bad news, as we all know. Well, I mean, it may not be bad news. What if they sell him for a whole bunch of money? I mean, that's good news for the LA Galaxy. You, you, you're not going to hold on to somebody Again, like Julian Rojo. Then you're going through another cycle of change. I mean, at some yes. point, you've got to hold on to some of these talented players and build around them. Otherwise, here you go, blow it up again and then start again. And the last blow up didn't work. It's not. It hasn't been. It hasn't been effective. I mean. LA Galaxy. When was the last time they had a, a, you know, a really positive, effective run in in the playoffs? And when was the last? When was the last time they were in the Western Conference Final? My brain yeah. is working no. right now. So, no, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, That's when they won MLS time. Cup. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's a very long. I'll, I'll say this, and the only reason I shake my head and disagree in terms of the stability is that MLS is not made for stability. Um, the LA Galaxy did a really good job of reloading when Bruce Arena was there. He would reload, right? He would he would get five or six new players in, five or new six, five or six players mm-hmm. out, and they would rotate. And yes, there was a core, and yes, there was sort of this thing, but that's harder and harder to do in MLS as salaries increase and players aren't able to keep stay on the same team. So you're gonna lose a Rajo eventually and that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later i'm telling you right now you sell when it's hot this time because a lot of times the la galaxy have waited um and they didn't sell whenever it was hot and you know the players have taken a turn and, and sort of gone down um so for me i don't know if araujo makes it through the winter time right now just the way and and maybe it's a year too soon but i think if you're the la galaxy you go with the year too soon right now then what if he gets injured or or anything else it, he's a kid who's not going to stay here you know i think it is i think it's going to be more interesting to find out whether he goes uh mexico or united states i think that's super interesting cuz i don't what know do which way what do you think what where do you where do you think he'll he'll end up i think he would have a reason for going to mexico i think that uh the united states with with uh dest playing at, at right back um is probably the first choice there so julian would have to beat him in order to start 
I think that's probably good for Julian if he did. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, having not having one, my international soccer knowledge sucks. Uh, two, uh, I don't really know what Mexico faces in terms of their right back and their right back position. Um, and so you can sort of say, um, you know, maybe it's a better shot for him in Mexico. I think that he has a chip on his shoulder that would really translate into playing on the Mexican national team. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm a wait and see. I think he's going to stay with the U S but that's just a guess at this point. I have, I have no knowledge of that. Um, I want to get to some other things cause we got about 10 minutes left or 10 plus minutes left. Cause I know we're going to go long. Um, let's talk about Christian Pavone and Rolf Felcher. Uh, this is interesting and grouping them together is interesting as well. Cause usually you wouldn't have Rolf Felcher be in the same group as Christian Pavone. Uh, Kevin started the story and he told me about the story a couple days ago. He finally published the story so I can tell you about it now. But Pavone and Felcher are both on their preliminary rosters for world cup qualifying in South America. That's going to happen in October. Uh, it's unknown right now, and some people say it might be a stretch for Pavone to get called into Argentina. There's a bunch of midfielders on that team, so whether or not he would actually be called up is certainly a question. Um, but depending on how that goes out, if Pavone uh, for Argentina and Felcher for Venezuela get called down to South America for their World Cup qualifiers, they're going to miss at least three games if they do that. Now, not the end of the world. MLS is not there's there's not really a there's an international break, but it's not a one that a lot of places are taking. So. It's one of those weird things where MLS is just going to play through it because they need to get as many games in as they can to try to get a season in, and so they're going to play through it. Here's the bigger deal. If they if and if they go and when they would come back, Sophie, they would be required by MLS rules to quarantine for 10 days. So your three games that you missed for World Cup qualifiers becomes five to six games whenever you look at the 10-day quarantine as well with all of these grouped together. So you're looking at these guys missing five or six games when there's what 11 or 12 games left in the, in the, I think there's 11 games left uh, in the season right now for the LA Galaxy. You're talking about them missing more than 50% of the games. If they go for world cup qualifiers, which is crazy to think whenever you're talking about Christian Pavone, what, how good of a player he is for the LA galaxy. They could be, they could be without his services. So that's something to, to sort of keep an eye on. What do you, what do you think of that? Surprising. I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, after, you know, we, I, took over talking about Chicha for so long. I apologize, everybody. No, no, you're Um, fine. That would be a disaster. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have to say on that. It would be a disaster. By the way, correct. Correct. Uh, Yeah, no, it would be a disaster. I mean, you're talking about the LA Galaxy flirting with the playoff line as it is right now. Top eight teams in the Western Conference make it. They're currently in 10th in the Western Conference, so that doesn't really help them. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about Christian Pavone then. Um, As we know, Christian Pavone has an option um, or the LA Galaxy have the option to buy Christian Pavone, Sophie. We've heard the number is as high as $20 million, which the, which the LA Galaxy are never going to pay. Um, however, uh, Christian Pavone reportedly, and this is from my good friend, uh, John Rojas, um, Christian Pavone reportedly told Boca Juniors he does not want to go back to Argentina. So him going back to Boca Juniors seems like a non-starter. Now, does that mean that he wants to stay with the LA Galaxy? Not necessarily, and that's where we sort of have to leave it right now. Does he want to go to Europe? Yes. If the price is right, the place is right, he wants to go to Europe. Does he want to stay with the LA Galaxy? Yeah. If nobody in Europe wants him, sure, he wants to stay with the LA Galaxy. Those are his choices that he's sort of laid out on the table right now. Um, And having said that, uh, I don't know how much he really gets to control his future on this, but if you say, I'm not coming back to Argentina, I'm not coming back to your team, I'm not playing, then pretty much there's a a chance that he's going to have to be sold. Does it put the LA Galaxy in a better spot, Sophie, knowing that Christian Pavone 
wants doesn't want to go back to Argentina. It does. It gives them a little bit of leverage. So just an interesting little twist in the Christian Pavone mm-hmm. saga. Uh, but I'll yeah. tell you this. If they can't get $20 million for him, who's more likely to pay $15 million for him? The LA Galaxy or some team in Europe? Well, to go back to your earlier comment about Araujo, if they lose him and Pavon, you know, obviously they're going to they're going to have money to reinvest, right? But at the same time, Pavon may be saying that because he feels now is his time to go to Europe. Right. And you and I both know that you know it's an ambition of his to do that. Um, you know, Zlatan at AC Milan could be a very interesting proposition. I think Pavon could get into most teams in La Liga other than Atletico, well, Barcelona aren't that great right now, Real Madrid. I think, you know, I could see him playing for a Villarreal or Sevilla, that type of team. Uh, I could see the Premier League, certain teams in the Premier League being interested in him. I think that he's a hot commodity in the sense that I'm not saying he's going to go off and play for like Man City or Liverpool or any big club like that, but he's definitely the kind of player that scouts are looking at. And if yes. I was LA Galaxy, I'd be really worried because if they're going to continue down this path, what is the carrot they're going to dangle in front of Pavon to play with Chicharito for the next two seasons if he continues to regress the way he has since he was in Europe, by the way. I'm not having a go at Chicharito just because I fancy it. I'm I'm seeing what I saw from when I was watching him play in Europe. And right. the regret and and so, you know, it's gonna take a lot to hold on to Pavon. I, I, I think LA Galaxy fans are in for some misery, some continued misery. I was gonna say any more miserable than it has. But by the way, somebody said uh, uh, during the game, they're like, I'm getting I'm getting vibes of 2017 from this team. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. God, people's memories go so fast. 2017 was horrible. Was horrible. This team it was, has so it was much terrible. more talent. This team has so much more talent than 2017. So I agree. Not, I agree with that. I agree close. with that. It but, could be bad. See, this is but a it's little, not 2017. I know it's a little bit like I know I reference Arsenal, but Arsenal were like a great team, championship winning team, played beautiful football, superb players, and then regressed. And it has been a struggle. Once you get into that rut, once you don't make it into the top four, once you don't, you know, compete at the highest level, it becomes part of your new DNA and culture. And the sh- no. and the culture has shifted with LA Galaxy. It's not the same yes. DNA. It's not the same culture. You can even feel it when you're there. And I think yes. that's a really big problem. It is. It's a huge problem. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, people say that it's um, complacency, and I, it's not complacency. Um, it's not that the LA Galaxy feel like they're five-time MLS Cup champions. They don't need to do anything else. To me, that's complacency. Um, there's some malpractice in, in the way it's been handled. I would say that there's some negligence, um, but mm-hmm. it's not complacency. Um, it may be arrogance. Maybe arrogance is a better than word than, than word. complacency. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what you've seen from this this LA Galaxy team. Let's get you to the schedule. Um, just because we didn't get to, I know everybody's read it. I know you've already seen it, um, but I just want to give it to you for the for the rest of the games that are coming down. Because on Tuesday, MLS did release the rest of the Phase 2 scheduling. Uh, the LA Galaxy still have one game on here that's not even listed, which is the rematch against Seattle, which is not this Sunday. It's another game that is also supposed to be played at Dignity Health Sports Park. So Seattle got 
uh, sort of jobbed on that one. Um, so uh, what we have coming up is uh, Seattle on Sunday. Everybody knew that one. Then the new schedule or, this, or the rest of this phase two starts. It's at San Jose. It's home to Portland. It's away to Colorado. It's home to San Jose, home to Vancouver, away to LAFC, away in quotation marks, away to LAFC. Um, uh, let's see, away to Portland, home to Real Salt Lake, and November 8th is decision day. Um, and that game is on uh, is against Vancouver Whitecaps in Portland, right? Vancouver is has taken up Portland's uh, stadium stadium whenever they're not using it, so Vancouver's using that as their home games. That's where it'll be. Again, there is supposed to be, and there might not be. By the way, I, I don't think I've I've mentioned this. The Galaxy are supposed to play a makeup game against Seattle, Sophie. They just may choose not to play that. They, MLS may be like, no, you're fine, and we'll just go on points per game, which will which will be the difference. I, it's it's ridiculous, but it was already written to the that rules, true? basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been written. It it is it is it would be legal in this season for them not to have to play all 23 games. It could be just 22 games. Um, I think they're still going to find out find a way to do it. There are three weeks that are coming up that have an empty midweek spot. Um, but only three, and both of them have that midweek spot open, so they could do it. Um, but technically, I guess in the in the rules, it says that if you didn't play all the games, then we'll just go by points per game, and that'll sort of be the thing. It's 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 this season. It's 2020. I can't I can't comment any more than that. Um, in terms of what's going to happen uh, for the LA Galaxy. Let's get a little bit, Sophie, uh, because we're getting ready to run a little bit long. Let's talk a little bit about the Seattle game. You talked about it. You said it was a completely different... Wait, how exactly did you say it? It was some wonderful turn of phrase that I said this a whole different bucket of fish or something like that. What, kettle, is it? what did you... Different kettle, different kettle of fish. Different kettle of fish. Oh, God. I love the English language. Um, all right. A different a kettle a different kettle of fish. The LA Galaxy taking on the Seattle Sounders coming up on Sunday. Um, that game will be played at 7.30 p.m. Uh, it's on Spectrum Sportsnet at Dignity Health Sports Park, so you can check that out. Seattle coming off of a midweek loss at Portland. Portland won that game one nothing. Um, Seattle has been, I think, one of the best teams in Major League Soccer in recent games. They're a very well, they're a very good, well-disciplined team um, that should come into Dignity Health Sports Park looking for three points and and would be happy to walk away with that. I, I think the midweek game in Portland. Slows that down a little bit. You talk about the long travel day. This is the longest trip, technically. I think anybody from the from uh, anybody will have coming to the LA Galaxy uh, because it's from Seattle. I think it's about two hours and something minutes of flight uh, to get down. It's in the t- same time zone, which helps. Um, but that's going to play into this whenever you look at what's going to happen with Seattle, whether Brian Schmetzer is going to rotate squad or anything like that. I mean, uh, all right, Sophie, we'll give you the GBS's seat right now. Um, you know, who's are, are you rotating anybody in this game for the L.A. Galaxy, knowing they just played at altitude uh, on Wednesday night uh, in a game where they ran a bunch in the first half and had no energy in the second half? Or are you rotating more than just some standard players in there? I think Seattle have been superb. And they're fun to watch. Seattle and Orlando have been so much fun to watch. Uh, they're by far the best teams in the league right now. This is a really tough game, especially coming off, playing away, like you said, high altitude, players are tired. To be fair to them, uh, and I have been a little harsh on some of them, but it's not easy. This year has not been easy for these players. It's not been easy for anybody, but to have to go out and perform and be an athlete um, it's not, it's not been easy. Right. So I think it's yep. important to have some rotation. I, I mean, it's just, it's a shame that the, uh, Araujo can't play. Um, I uh, think Araujo that, can, Araujo oh, can he's, play. He's, 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 he's available for this. Yes. 
Yes. Yes. Oh, he's okay. good. Okay. That's good. So he starts a hundred percent. I would actually start. I think, I think Jonathan starts in this game. Of course, um, he mm-hmm. can always come off if he runs out of gas. Um, I maybe give Ephra a shot, but at the same time, I, I said it before, Here's what I would love. This is the perfect scenario, okay? So I, maybe I can get a little bit of love back from some Galaxy fans after ripping Chicharito completely on the show today. I think you're How probably about- more popular because of that. Just, I just, just, just oh, wanted okay. to say. I think you're, I think you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I would love it. It would be a perfect scenario if Zubak starts and he gets pulled, right? After the second half, around 55 minutes. Chicharito comes on and has one of those super sub performances and shuts people up. Mm-hmm. When I go to sleep, I will envision that and put it out there into the universe. But imagine okay. that. I think he need, he's a player playing with his head down. He doesn't even have the confidence. I feel bad for the guy. You can see it on his face. You can see it in his body language. I think that to be able to manage him in that way, I think, you know, some people will say, well, you're going to dent his confidence if you don't start him. If you don't start him, how can he get match fit? What do you expect? Mm -hmm. If I was GBS right now, I would sit him down and I'd say, here's my tactic. Give him a vision. There are certain coaches that play out a game. Good coaches play out a game for players. They tell them exactly what they think is going to happen by giving them that confidence. And then that player goes out and does that. If he can do that, that's why that's that that would be my move. I, I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, listen, I, I think that you're going to see Chicharito start. Um, I, I, regardless of whether that's the right thing or not, I think that Guillermo's of the opinion that he needs to play him into, into shape in, in this time. So I think that that's going to happen. I think Araujo being on the field is, is a massive plus, uh, Efrain Alvarez, because he didn't start this last game probably is a starter in this particular game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can look at again, Jonathan Dos Santos, does Joe Corona slot in next to, to Jonathan Dos Santos, which means by the way, JDS is more defensive Corona, more offensive, uh, Sebastian Legette really needs to have a good game. This is probably, and, and I say this with my fingers crossed a little bit, I think probably the last game. And by the way, we went, uh, almost an hour over an hour. Uh, without me saying Yoni Gonzalez, um, which is a new record. Uh, so so um, I think that Yoni is going to come in uh, to this, not this next game, but the game after that. I think there's a good chance that you're going to see him either in a sub role or or as a starting role. He hasn't played in a while, so there's some fitness issues there. Um, but the LA Galaxy are going to want to get him on the field sooner rather than later because they don't have a right winger. Efrain Alvarez is not a white, uh, a right uh, wing player. He's, you know, legit is not a right wing player. And so Yoni Gonzalez comes into a hole, a gaping hole that mm-hmm. has been left on the LA Galaxy right hand side. And if you can plug that hole in front of Julian Araujo, all of a sudden you have a real team. Uh, there's team with defined roles and everything. Um, Yoni Gonzalez solves a lot of problems and I don't think he needs to be spectacular in order to solve those problems or help the LA Galaxy mm-hmm. out. I think that they immediately become almost a complete starting team whenever you look at that. So um, I think this Seattle game is the last sort of chance for the LA Galaxy to sort of have to limp through and survive with somebody who's playing right wing that possibly shouldn't be right wing. And I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if Efrain doesn't start and Julian Araujo starts at right mid and Rolf Felcher plays it right back, which, by the way, is a much better defensive stand than putting Efrain in front of Julian Araujo. There's no defense on the right-hand side when that happens. Julian is left to, out to dry. Um, and that's what you saw from Rolf Felcher last night from Pavone whenever he played in front of him as well. So I think in terms, of, in terms of soundness, 
Um, that may be the starting lineup that you see from the LA Galaxy. I currently think that that's the best starting lineup for the LA Galaxy is with Felcher yeah. at right back and, and Araujo at right mid um, until Yoni comes in. And then my answer is Yoni at right mid and Julian Araujo at right back. So um, we'll sort of see where they sit there. Uh, as far as injuries, let's see. I'm trying to think. People Gonzalez had an injury or at least was not 100% for the last game, which is why he wasn't on the bench. I just want to put that out there for everybody. Uh, that's why he wasn't on the roster. Um, I think that's it for injuries, at least anything that we know right now. And usually we don't know until kickoff because nobody's out of training being able to ask these questions because we're like, hey, we didn't see people out here. Why isn't he there? So uh, I think the L.A. Galaxy get if they get a point out of this game, they did a good job uh, because I Mm -hmm. think Seattle really should manhandle them for this game. I do not Mm -hmm. see the L.A. Galaxy being favored or taking three points from this. I've been wrong almost every time this year, so I look forward to being wrong again. But uh, I can't figure this Galaxy team out, so so this is that's as good as Je- I can get right now. Hello, Jekyll, meet Hyde. Yeah, exactly. Who are we going to see? Is- who are we going to see on Sunday? Right. So, and I think Legit's going to bounce back. I fancy him to have a good game um, right. this I- weekend. Yeah. I, I, I think Becky G would appreciate that. So you know, I think LA Galaxy fans would appreciate that. So we'll see how it goes. By the way. Um, if suddenly you don't see Chicharito playing on Sunday, it's probably because his wife is having the baby. They're like, they're on baby watch. So I would just like to point that out to everybody. I don't. I think I meant to do that uh, a week ago and I forgot. But um, she's ready to pop, uh, mostly because she posts on Instagram every day that she's ready to pop. So she's ready to go. Uh, Chicharito will probably be there if it happens on Sunday. He's not going to be at the game. Um, so just, just keep that. Everybody mm-hmm. keep, so maybe Sophie, maybe that works out best for the LA. This, this will fit right into your thing. She has the baby, the gal, Zubac comes in, everything, everything works out for the best. It's, it's baby. Well, Dunbar. It's, Why can't Dunbar yeah. play? He can, he can play. He's a, he's a good player. Um, I don't I know. Give Dunbar a shot. I mean, against Seattle, uh, I think some people might think that's high risk, but you know, but now I now you know it makes sense. Chicharito has been the wife's pregnant, so he's probably been eating some of the cravings. With he's, her. he's got sympathy weight. He's got some. That's not, by the way, my 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 belly that I currently have is not because my wife is pregnant. All right, I would just like to point out we have one. <laughs> he's almost ten months old. We're gonna keep it that way for a little while. Um, you know, I have my nine year old too, so I have I have I have them covered right now. I am good to go. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully there won't be any surprise, uh, surprise COG babies, uh, anytime soon. So, uh, we'll see how that goes and we'll keep up. I'll keep my fingers crossed on that one. All right. Sophie, anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I, no, I think I've said enough. Uh, I think I should quit while I'm ahead. If I am ahead, even who knows, I'm not sure. I, I, I've stopped keeping track. That's for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, that's the LA Galaxy play against Seattle coming up on Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Spectrum Sportsnet. All right, Sophie, tell people where they can find you, and we are going to get out of here. Uh, you can find me at Soccer Diva on Twitter, and if you like a little bit of Premier League and Arsenal as well, you can find me at Highbury Squad. Thanks for having me once again, Josh, and I will see you at the game this weekend, mate. All right, that sounds like fun, Sophie. You've done an excellent job. Thanks for stopping by, as always. All right. Looking for me on Twitter at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find our articles. All that fun stuff is right there for you. Articles, podcasts. Uh, go join our Discord. Over 650 people on there. Tons of LA Galaxy talk all the time. Join our Discord server. The link to that will be in the show notes. All right. For Miss Sophie the Cannon Nicolau, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.